The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. Oh, no, you got to throw it. We're all at the line of scrimmage. We're there. We're coming. You can't run it against this look in the shotgun. And then it's, you know, whitey, whitey, you know, that's how Mahomes, he's always a white 80 guy. Whitey. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was pretty good, actually. I just had it kind of on, on tune right there with how he says it. He's a big white 80 guy. I mean, right. and I hear it all day long. Yeah. I never actually don't hear it. Yeah. Because my little boy, of course, is obsessed with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> And he'll be playing Madden, and he does the snap count out loud while he's playing with Mahomes or yeah. doing anything like that. So it's just funny. Uh, and what was your what was your go-to color number when back in your day at quarterback? I, I did not have the option. I, I didn't have the option. It was uh, I mean in high school I think it was downset hut. Okay. And at, at Iowa the only like freedom we had with the numbers was uh, the, the live audibles were were either even or odd depending on the okay. week. So I could say one three. Five, so, seven, or nine. So I, I didn't have the lead. So, way. like, what did they, did they tell you a number at Iowa, a quarterback to say? Were they like, do you just got to say blue 20? Or, like, did you remember it? Did you not even approach the snap count that way? The uh, snap count wasn't that way. It wasn't that <laughs> way at all. Oh. It, it, was, it was very basic. Does your, does your kid have Aaron Rodgers' cadence down? Because he, he's a green 18 or green 19 guy. Green right. 18, no, yes. And that, that's, that's where – that's no, he does not. He yeah. does not. Aaron Rodgers is not, you know, young enough and cool enough. My little brother – I mean, my little brother. My little boy loves Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He thinks he's amazing. He doesn't understand how he throws the ball that way. He's just like – it's just like he just throws it from his ear. And it's just yeah. like, I don't understand how he throws it so hard and spins it like that. But – no, in, in his world, nobody can compete with Patrick Mahomes right now. He's had little love affairs where he's cheated on Mahomes. <laughs> he goes Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson again. But as soon as Mahomes comes back on TV. You try and tempt him with others? You, you roll out other options say, isn't, isn't this quarterback I do, and he does too. He's aware of it, but he's not going to leave this allegiance. When mm-hmm. 15 comes on the field, yeah. everything goes out the door. I mean, I had a lot of fun with the Shanahan family last offseason. Yeah. Because going to the Super Bowl, my little boy, it's, you know, oh, so cool, the 49ers and dad, Kyle Shanahan is your friend. It's so great. Man, the 49ers can win the Super Bowl. That game started, and he said, the hell with you, Shanahan's. Let's go Patrick, <laughs> Let's go Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it was unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, it, it is, uh, it's funny. Mahomes taking the world by storm. And uh, I, was a, I was a blue 18 Blue uh, 18. Blue 18. Texas or, blue or Tampa, you're talking about? All through. I, yeah. I, yeah, I was a big blue guy. 18, 45, 80. 
Uh, yeah, Blue 85, things like that just rolled off. For any reason, or they, they just came to just, mind? Just came by. Yeah. Like, it, my, my dad, oddly enough, was a gold 18 guy when he huh. played. I'll sit there and watch old games of him, and he's saying, gold 18, I'm going gold. What Why didn't you, you work in 11 for Big Phil ever? It just doesn't come off. 11, the, yeah. The, yeah. Oh, 11. Blue 11. It just isn't <laughs> Too much sound enunciation. Good. Right. Other Too many syllables. To think about. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So the life has to be a little different for you now. There, there, there's no studio on Sundays. Yeah, right. Easy up on the weekend. Yeah, great weekend. And we're talking about one or two games oh. now as opposed to 8, 10, 12. What? What? Yeah. I'm feeling so good and, like, less stressed out because I'm not worried about, wait, what did I miss? I didn't see this play. I don't have a great feel for this game. So uh, it's good. And I know today we're going to hit on the Chiefs' bills a little bit more, mm-hmm. right? I watched that a little more in depth because we didn't hit that real deep uh, on Monday because the packers Bucks game had so much yeah. to hit on. And we really spent about the first hour of the pod hitting on that. A whole hour. Yeah. I mean, it was – but there's, as you know, so many situations. Oh, my gosh, and yeah. I mean, let's start there, though. Yeah, I'd love to. Because I, d- I didn't hear anything from you yet on that game. <laughs> I know. I was, I was pretty quiet in the text. I, I didn't watch you in Ahmed on Monday. Good. I, I, I had not watched you on Mike. I just kind of wanted to – I didn't want to revisit something. I didn't want something to jump out to me and say, God, I don't want to go there because I know Chris talked about it on Monday, Tuesday. Already. Good, so no. I, I don't know what you have hit. Great. Uh, but in this game, yeah. Packers and Bucks. I think one of the fun things about having two quarterbacks like this and having a game this – this significant and this close is you can really pick out one thing. There are so many one things you can get to and say, this is what made the difference. Right. And, and to me, what made the difference, the, the success in the mindset for both offenses inside the 10-yard line. Yeah, right. So you have Green Bay 0 for 6 inside the 10. Aaron Rodgers was 0 for 6. They settled for field goals twice. And Tampa Bay got inside the 10 that one time after the turnover and there was a in the second half. And the way they attacked it, right. think about Rodgers in empty – in shotgun, zero threat of a run game. If you remember, Brady gets under center. Yeah. They're in a tight bunch formation. Right. Brady motions in. Okay, what are you right. thinking? Run. Because yeah, they've been running on first down so often. Of course. Brady, with the great play action, continues to look like run. Right. Great wide open back of the end zone. So there are a lot of one things. Yeah. But that one thing inside the 10, to me, made the difference. Well, it, uh, agreed. Inside the 10. And the fact that they didn't even have to play inside the 10. They didn't have to play inside the 10. Yeah. You know, and that's where... Um, we talk about during the year where it's important to have playmakers and make big plays. To me, that's something, again, I know I've said this a lot on the podcast lately, but this is where I get into the home runs and strikeouts thing with football right now. You know, in these type of games, you get inside the 10-yard line against one of the four best defenses in football, yeah. it ain't easy to score touchdowns. Right. Even when you're Aaron Rodgers and yeah. Devontae Adams, it's not easy. And you saw Tampa Bay, like you said, yes, it was only one time, but they found ways to, hey, we don't need to get into that part of the field. We can make a big play. Leonard Fournette can run it in from the 20. We can throw a bomb and Scotty Miller run by the guy that way. Uh, That's where it was, you know, it it was interesting. Tampa is a big play football team. They really are. Rodgers and Green Bay are surgical and then when you start to come up on their surgicalness, then they throw deep. They're not like that. Tampa is more like you just kind of said, running on first, smash yeah. your face, yes. you know, maybe running on second, and then third down, 
you know, we're looking to crush you. Yeah. You know, or second down after that first down run and we're in second and six, you got no idea what we're going to do. We might max protect, throw deep route, play exactly. action pass, throw deep route, and that's where they're very dangerous. Uh, their uh, play calling was more diverse, a little more old school on yeah. the first down. Right. And the formations as well. And I, I go back, when, when I think about Tampa right now, yeah. I go back to the second half against Atlanta. I think it was week 15. Right. Brady threw for over 300 yards. They scored over 30 points. And we're like, okay, this – this uh, big play offense down the field and passing it all over the place is back. But they've been about running the football early and often. I give a lot of credit to Byron Lefwich. And we spent a lot of time, I guess the national media spent a lot of time talking about how great the relationship is with Rodgers in LaFleur. Yeah. And it was wonderful all season. Right. But Brady and Leftwich really found something end of the season. Think about how often in that game yeah. they succeeded on third down right. and ran on first. I know. I don't know the exact number, but I, I think it approached – Six or seven times, just off the top of my head. No, I, without a doubt. You know, I, I, like I said on on Monday, you know, Brady's early game success gave the team confidence to then go, okay, we belong, we can do this, we can beat Rodgers and Green Bay up here at Lambeau, all of those type of yeah. things. Um, you know, they're they're we we talked about this a lot during the year. You know, th- this is they got finally Leftwich and Brady to the point in their offense where, no, this is what's best for the overall team. Mm-hmm. And, Tom, even though you might be a little reluctant at first, it's going to be best for you, right. too, right. instead of us getting in the shotgun and you having to throw the ball 45 times a game and do that. That, that to me, is where we hit the bad parts of the year for the Tampa offense. We discussed it a lot. Also, you know, like you said, with the run game and things like that, too, Brady at 43 years old and all those things, this helps manage him a little, too. And I don't mean manage, but just keeps him out of harm's way to where, as you see, when he gets under pressure, he can do some things where you just go, wait, what the hell? Tom Brady just did that? Mm-hmm. And those were kind of the bad moments of the year for the Tampa Bay offense altogether. And they've eliminated all that stuff for the most part by running, yeah. play action pass, keeping an extra tight end in the block like they did on the touchdown yes. pass before the end of the first yeah. half. Gronk's in. It's a seven-man protection. There's three guys out in the route. Tom feels comfortable. Tom throws mm-hmm. a strike. So you're right. Left, which is a lot of credit. It's a big play offense, and they did a great job of grooming Brady into what they wanted, I think, honestly, mm-hmm. with making it feel like, oh, no, this is what you want? Cool, cool, great. And they continued to push him and push him and push him. And now, I mean, we said it all through the playoffs. I, this is the second most explosive passing offense in the game. Right. You know, other than maybe Mahomes and Josh Allen, it's right there in that conversation. Right. And yeah. I go back to something you said. I don't know how early in the season. I think it might have been in October the first time these two teams played. You right. said this might be the most complete team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And looking back on that, one of the reasons that offense is so complete is they run so much on first down with Brady under center. Yes. Rodgers didn't have that that much. And, and even though they are kind of managing him, like you said, he is, and he being Tom Brady, he is in the position often enough to do, I think, what is kind of underrated and overlooked right. what he does best. He recognizes when that defense is in a bad spot yeah. and where the ball should go. Think Definitely. about those balls he got over the top. Sure. I mean, he didn't connect on too many, but he caught them in bad spots. Just like a good pitcher is going to make two or three bad pitches, you got to make them pay. Yeah. He made them pay, and he, he I don't think he gets enough credit for recognizing those handful of times against a good defense when they've made a mistake right. and I'm going to go to the right place. No doubt. He, they, they, they keep the pressure on you. And that's, you know, that's one of their, their gifts of their offense. You know, there, there's no like, 
oh, we're, we're looking to throw the ball four yards here. It's either like you got to defend this smash-mouth running game and this big offensive line, mm-hmm. and then when we drop back, you know, we're attacking, and Brady's in an attacking frame of mind, and just the experience he brings to the table and everything like that. If he sees a coverage mistake, yes. And to me, what I love, too, is – He's aggressive sometimes now, even without the coverage mistake. He just goes, wait, yeah. I got good players. My guy's good. Yeah. 50 50 is not 50 50 with this guy throwing the ball. It's mm-hmm. more like 70 30 or 65 35. One of those got picked. It might have been his last pick. One, he threw it up for grabs. Right. For well, grabs. that was horrible. I can't even defend that any stretch of the imagination. But mm-hmm. I mean, more like the play on the second touchdown drive where Godwin goes up over Darnell Savage in the deep post route and then Fournette breaks the touchdown yeah. the next play. Right. Like those plays, I, I haven't seen Brady ever since Randy Moss really want to throw those type of balls. Mm -hmm. And I think this year he's learned a little bit like, wait, I could throw these and my guys can come down with it. Uh, But the Bucs, yeah, they're legit. And this is going to be a really damn good Super Bowl. I would be shocked if it's not. Do you want to spend a little bit of time on the fourth down decision late? Sure. Ready to go there again? Yeah, whatever you want. Uh, Gather your thoughts. Uh, Here's Aaron Rodgers, 31-23, late fourth, fourth and goal. Obviously the Packers decide to kick the field goal. Here's Rodgers after the game. Look. You know, in that situation, first and goal on the, on the eight, I thought it was four-down territory. Um, on fourth down, when the guys were on the field for field goal, uh, there's five, six guys on the field. There's not a whole lot to do there unless you call timeout. So, you know, we just got to trust we're going uh, to stop them. You know, I, I understand the, the, the thought that if you don't get it there, you know, they're backed up, and either way you got to score a touchdown. So the two-point conversion becomes, you know, either a part of it or not, If you, you know. If we go four and fourth, throwing a completion, you know, it's them first and ten on the eight-yard line. If we have, if, either way, we got to stop them, right? You know, if we kick the field goal. So that that was yesterday. You, you saw Pat McAfee on, on the Pat McAfee show. So yeah, he had some time to think about it since just right after the game. Yeah, well, and he, he answered it pretty, you know, similar as far as after the game too. I'll say it. I'll say it always. And the one thing I like about Rodgers is he doesn't sugarcoat. Mm -hmm. You know, he kind of tells the truth. And then people read into things and they're like, wait, did he mean this? Did he mean that? And I think that's where it goes crazy sometimes. And that's the perfect example why a lot of athletes don't want to be truthful Mm -hmm. or say things because they know it gets perceived in a way maybe they didn't mean it to be. And now it goes down a wormhole of conspiracy theories. Um, Listen, we know he wanted to go for it there. Of course, yeah. No, he thought about it too. The coach had made his mind up. Right. You know, this is where I get into a little bit of like the athlete and the quarterback sometimes can't win. You know, Rodgers the diva and he does what he wants, but now he listens to the coach and we want Rodgers to tell the coach to stop and stop the field goal unit and now I want to go for it. No, oh no, Rodgers, we want you to be a diva and a baby now. Now we want you to tell us what to do. And there's a question about that. And that's where I'm so sick of that fucking shit, I can't (laughs) tell you. From social here on the fourth and goal, at David Poping, P-O-E-P-P-I-N-G, should Rodgers have waved off the field goal unit and can he? I, I... Unprecedented. It's unprecedented. It's never That's happened. right. I've never seen Tom Brady wave off the field. Do that. Never. No. Yeah. You might have had moments where the coach is being, I'm not sure what to do. Yeah. And now the quarterback who's on the field and nobody else is running on the field is going, Of course. Let's go. That let's happens go. every game. But that's different than here comes the offensive lineman and now you're going to coach the team and say, Nope. Get back off, and we're going to call a timeout now because I'm running the team. Oh, now that's what we want Aaron Rodgers to do? That, to me, is what my head wants to pop off Mm -hmm. with this crap. Right. I mean, that's where I'm just going, 
Come on, everybody. We can't have it both ways. And everybody for the last few years tell me, oh, Rogers does what he wants, and it's all about him and blah, blah, blah. And then he becomes the team guy, and we want him to go back to be that guy again. That, right. That's just where I, I struggle with it. And also, I mean, I don't think that uh, I don't think Lafleur is getting credit for maybe he had on his mind. We're zero for six inside the ten throwing I, the ball. I, of course he did. That's exactly right? right. I think that was part of his decision. Yeah, He's just they going. Had any success at all? Maybe he does. Right. Go for it. Right. I. You know. You could sit here and go. Like, yeah, 0 for six. He did throw an eight yard touchdown pass to Tanyan right inside the ten yard line. So he did do that. A little right. earlier, or late in the third they quarter. They did have two drives with first and goal inside the 10. Right, right. They yeah, they scored. Six, but yes. you are right. But nothing was easy for them throughout the day. I mean, none of it was easy. And um, I'm sure that played into his mind mm-hmm. a little bit, too. He I also did. had the short touchdown to Devontae Adams. Yes, so right. It's they all did right. have some success. But you're but there saying 0-6 on the two field goal drives. There were a number of failures. Agreed, yeah. agreed. So I'm sure that he thought that a little bit. And... You know, I think he misled himself a little bit about the success of the defense, like I said on Monday. Right. That's where I go, yeah, you got three turnovers. I got it. But he did just, they did just drive down and get a field goal. Yeah. And on the three turnover drives, it yeah. wasn't like you guys just dominated them. I mean, one drive, they're going down the field. And you're not stopping them. And he just missed a wide-open receiver over the middle. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have felt like, oh, our defense has control of the game. Yeah. Uh, that's where it is. But listen, that end of the game – Certainly, yes. I, you know, I think the whole football world was shocked they were kicking the field goal yeah, there. Right. You know, you could put yourself in the logic and all that things, and okay, I understand what he's thinking. But, yeah, I think you and I, we just go, you're at the eight-yard line. There's no guarantee you're going to get back there. The two drives before that, you went three and out. Right. And you had, you know, had the ball down 28-23 mm-hmm. and couldn't do anything. So I'm always of the, like, when you got a guy like Rodgers or a Brady or Mahomes or whatever, you just you go down with them. Yeah. You go down with their best punches. Right. And to me, Rodgers at the eight at that moment, you let him. He's carried you the whole year. Mm-hmm. You see if he can do it one more time there in the two-point conversion. And I think Aaron brought up a very good point there. If you miss, they're on the eight-yard line, and you have three timeouts left. Another overlooked part of that sequence of the game at yeah. the end, right. they came out and threw on first down. I know. The Bucks got it. I know. Left, which allowed him to throw, I think, about an eight- or nine-yard throw. Oh, yes. That, right. was, that was huge. Huge, no that, doubt. That paved the way for the game being over. Pretty much. I mean, then Green Bay had to deliberately go off sides because they didn't want to yeah, waste the time yes, out. Yes, right. Right? On a, just a, like, oh, you're going to get the first down. So let's just get the first down out of the way yeah. on a clock stoppage here. And now our timeouts will be more useful, yes. which was very smart on Green Bay's part. I know. It was, um, it was. But that was a great first down play call. What if they run it like everybody thinks they're going to? They stuff it at second 11 timeout. Now now it's, in, it's not in your hands, but things are going your way. You got your timeouts. Now they're backed up a little bit if yeah. it's second down 10, second right. 11. I, I didn't think that got enough play during the game and also after. I, I, I agreed. That was the right play, the right throw, the right decision for the coaching staff. I, I was yelling at the TV, Green Bay, they're going to throw it. That was the play On to that throw first it. And because it was yeah. about to be the two-minute warning no matter what. Right. So incomplete, complete, it doesn't but matter, right? Stop it anyway. So yeah. that was the play by Bruce Arians there. That was very smart of them and good for him to have the guts to call that and do that. Or left, which I mean, Or left, which, whoever it is. They're both. Although uh, coming off the sideline, I'm sure right. they're in cahoots on Cahoots, exactly right. But, 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 but let's go back to the three plays before that, right? Just let's hit for that. For Green Bay. For Green okay, Bay. Okay, so, so they're down 31-23. They have right. first and goal inside the 10. Yeah, let's just hit on, to me, the play to really talk about is the first down play. Hey, second down, not really anybody open. 
I'll go through them all here. Let's okay. just go first down right off the bat. Here we go. First down. That's the play where everybody on social media may have seen it now or anybody. He throws, though, there's three receivers to the right. It's Adams on the inside, Lazard on the middle, Valdez Scantling outside. Okay, now this is the play where he throws the ball and Lazard ran like a slant route and kind of ducked his, ducked his head. And you're like, what the hell was that? Where, where was that going? What was that doing there? All right, so here's the setup. The play before that that got them down to the eight-yard line, they threw the same play to the left side to Devontae Adams. When they have three receivers to a side and you play a little off coverage, mm-hmm. okay, they love to send the two outside receivers, just go block those guys who are playing off coverage, and we'll throw a quick to Adams, right. and now he'll read off you and make a play. That's how they got to the eight-yard line. So now here we are in first down. Similar formation. He's got the receivers to the right side here. It is an RPO. They have a run called, but they have a little combination pass route they're going to do there. Right before the snap, He's going through his, you know, green 18, right? <laughs> and he gives a little, he looks over and taps his ear like this. Who was he looking at? All three receivers. They're all, lo- but I don't know, this is where I, I'm saying this part, because I don't know if Lazard got that signal. Mm. That's where I question this. Now, what are they trying to do with this play exactly? They're trying to fake the play they just ran before. Devontae Adams in the flat, oh, they just saw that. Let's hear it again. Here it is again. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll bite the hook this time. Yeah. And what he wants is, hey, I get the ball, and I'm going to look out there like I'm going to throw one of those quick routes to Devontae Adams. Valdez Scantling, who's on the outside, he comes off the ball and stutters and makes it look like, hey, I'm going to block you. And then he goes to the back pylon and runs a go route. Lazard's supposed to do the same thing on the nickelback, kind of come out and then just go straight up the field, the seam route, and that's where Rodgers threw it. There was a hole there. But Lazard went inside and ran a slat, slant route. I thought he just over. I thought Aaron overthrew the quick slant and was mad at Lazard for not looking. I, I know. I know. You that think would, he was supposed to go down the I scene. think he's supposed to go vertical. That would make and, more sense with, with, with where the ball went. Right, right. And my experience with that play and watching them do it, because they run this play almost every other week because they throw that ball to Adams in the flat so yeah, much. Yeah. This is how they keep you honest. Oh, you're getting over-aggressive with that? Oh, we got a double move off of it, basically. Yeah. And that's what makes defenses like not go over-aggressive on stopping the Adams part of it. And, yes, what you're trying to do there is, yes, get that nickel back to now jump up to take Adams. Yeah. And now you got two guys going vertical, and the corner's got to make a decision there, you know, because the safety's deep and he's in no man's land at this point. Makes, and that makes to more me. sense now why he was, he was right away mad at it. I'm not sure 100%, but I'm pretty damn sure just yeah. from my experience of knowing the play and watching Green Bay wow. a lot on film. So that, was, that to me was the big play. I, I'm really trying hard yeah. not to make an Iowa State joke. Right. Because, you know, he d- didn't go to the right place. <laughs> Went to the other school. Right. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> it's all right. But I like Alan Lazard a lot. I really right. do. Great player. He's done a awesome great job player. for yep. them. He really has. Uh, does everything well. But that, was, that, was, that to me was the play. Because now on second down, that's the play where Rodgers gets out of the pocket. He throws the ball in the back of the end zone to Devontae Adams. He hyperextends his knee yeah. as Sue's hitting him as he's throwing the ball. Um, and there was really nothing there. They ran a double post concept on second down. Um, 82 double post. I know the play as well. It's, this is Lafleur who came from Shanahan and McVeigh who came hmm. from Gruden. So I know it. You know, and Adams maybe beats that corner up top, but Devin White... Yeah. does a great job of kind of being underneath it to where 
Rodgers can't throw it because if he throws it and Devin White gets his hand up, the ball gets tucked in the air, the game's going to be over. It's interception. It's a great example of something we hear all the time inside the red zone, especially inside the 10, how the field shrinks and the windows get smaller and they're open for a less amount of time. Right. So he eventually opened up, but he was half yard out of the back of the end zone. Exactly right. It was too late, you know. And and White did just enough at the right time. Just enough at the right time. Exactly right. And, you know, Rodgers did what he usually did. Like, if you want to pick on Rodgers on any play, that was the play I could maybe pick on him. Sure. Where I would just go, yeah, I just go, you didn't really need to leave the pocket there. There Mm -hmm. was actually pretty good protection. Maybe if you just stood there and just threw one of your Aaron Rodgers lasers, maybe it gets done. But, again, that's extremely nitpicky on a guy who, like Mahomes, has made a living in the red zone of break the pocket, everybody come get me, laser by your ear. So he saw that red seat part, and he goes, okay, this is what I do. This is perfect. I'm going to run up in there, and some mm-hmm. idiot's going to come try to get me, and I'll throw the ball right by him for a touchdown. Right. Except Tampa was very disciplined. They didn't do that. And the front four for Tampa, which was their great advantage all day, they never yeah. had a blitz. Their front four dominated the game by themselves, and they were around Rodgers you know, in scenarios where people aren't usually around him. And so then third down. Third down is the... Of course, could he have ran? Right. It was the same thing, escaping to the right. Escaping to the right. This time he had to. Shaquille Barrett whooped the crap out of the right tackle, Ricky Wagner. Mm -hmm. So now he's got to get out. And they have double under. The three receivers on the right are running five yards and under. The inside guy's running a corner route. Devontae Adams is... I think this is a double move, mm-hmm. right? They're fa- they, they run this play a lot, too. So they're going, wait, they've seen us on film. So let's fake that under. And now the linebacker in safety will come to, hey, they're going to throw that under route. And he goes vertical up the middle of the field. That's what they were hoping for in that play. Right. So Rodgers is looking at it. He drops back. I'm being righty right now, okay? And he, now he's looking at Adams. Adams makes his little move as he starts to make the pocket. As he's doing that, Devin White has a hold of him, and there's physical contact. So Rodgers gets off of it. He can't sit there and wait for him all day and go, oh, okay, I'll wait. Hold on, let me bake a cake. Sue and JPP, you guys hold on a second. I just want to make him get open. So now he's still on the move, and he's pump faking. So now he goes, wait, oh, man, no, no Devontae Adams. Him and Devin White are, are all hung up together. And now he looks out to go, let me put my eyes on Lazard, who's running the second under. And Devin White, he already passed it off. He let DeMonte Adams go to the safety, and he went to Alan Lazard. So now he's thinking, wait, White's there. I'm going to throw to Lazard. He should be wide open. And as he's cocking his arm to throw it, White's already reacted, and he's almost, now they're almost doubling Lazard. He tries to go back to DeMonte Adams. People are bearing down on him, and that was that. So, right. you know. That one was great defense. It was. And there was a lot of that. The back seven. Definitely. Front four, terrific for Tampa Bay. Right. They, they defended in terms of being in the lanes and one-on-one coverage, I thought, extremely, extremely well. Extremely well. They really did. And uh, I think that, that was it. We hit all the major points. And I don't know, Pete, is there anything else you want to hear about with the Buccaneers, Packers, that maybe the, the Internet world is, is uh, on Pete, fire about? Pete, I do, have, I do have a question here, Pete, that yeah. he included here from, right. uh, from Twitter. A lot of talk about some of the penalty calls, yeah. pass interference late. At right. Paulie Dobson says, can we have a uniformity of penalty calling during the playoffs? If it's a holding penalty, it's a holding penalty. If you're going to let players play through these calls, then let them play yeah. through all the calls. I think probably the focus on the very end, that pass interference. Yeah. Well, Green Bay fans are going to feel cheated because they're going to go, wait, that play didn't happen. We had a big play 
right before the half, Rodgers throws a ball down the middle. Yeah. They pull our guy in a very similar way, except there yeah. just wasn't a white T-shirt hanging out. And they didn't call it. So the Green Bay fans are going to be pissed about that for right. a while. He pulled it. He, he, he got him with, with the right and the left of pulling it. I mean, they're it was going egregious. to call that. I it's don't like egregious. the call because it was an uncatchable ball. Yeah. But the, I, I never played DB. But I'm, I'm sitting at home thinking, why, why are you grabbing it? Everybody can see it. So whether it should be pass interference, whether that was the reason it was incomplete or not, Everybody can see that. Agreed. I, I think it's just a hair too egregious. That's just uh, they're, you're exactly right. Do you think I think it should have been called. Uh, yeah, I said think that, that on Monday. Be a penalty? I do. Yep. Even in a game where you're going, we're letting them play. Yeah. That to me was beyond letting them play. Should the fact that it was an uncatchable ball come into play? It, 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 when it's it wasn't it was uncatchable. You're right. It's uncatchable. But they're not going to call it uncatchable until it's. So fucking ridiculously obvious it's uncatchable. That's mm-hmm. the only time they do that. They're not going to call it untouchable. You know, even though we look at it and the guy was running, you know, across the field and Brady threw it up the field like five yards they in did. front of him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's still close enough to where I don't think referees are going to call that in that moment. I mm-hmm. don't. I just don't. That would be my thought on it. Yeah. But, uh, yes, it was clearly uncatchable. Um, but back to our the, the point. Mm-hmm. The, what was his Paulie what? Uh, Pauly Dobson. Pauly Dobson. It's a good question because there does need to be – I, I say this every year. I like that they let them play. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I just don't understand why it changes so drastically from it, the regular season to the playoffs. Should be the same all the time. I just Yes, that's where I, I – and I think that's very tough on especially the offenses in playoff football. Well, all of a sudden – they get in games like that yesterday, and they were like, wait, we want to use our man-to-man pick beaters and things mm-hmm. like that, but it doesn't even matter because you're allowed to hold them and hit them and do all these things, so you can't even do those plays, some of them. Right. Because you're just like that. They're just letting things go. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So that's to where my issue with the whole thing is there either way. They let them play all day. They called the most egregious one of the day on the Packers, and I yeah. think where Packers fans are going to be mad is there was, yeah, one egregious one that wasn't called on the Bucks right. that led to the Bucks getting the ball and scoring that touchdown right before the end of the first half, and mm-hmm. I think that's, going to, of course, going to piss them off, but it's not a perfect game. I think they, they should let them play more on these pass interference calls week one through 17, I agree. preseason, the entire thing. I like to. The whole year it's should be the same way. way too much. Okay, way too ticky-tack. Yes. I'm so sick of seeing let quarterbacks and offenses get bailed out by, I've made a bad decision in three the ball into quintuple coverage on third and 12 right and now they've called pass interference because the ball was so bad and the decision was so bad yeah and everybody attacked the ball and the defenders have a right to the ball too mm-hmm. and now the the wide receiver got touched with a fingernail by somebody and we're going to call yeah. first down and give you a free pass that, i think it's a problem That's i don't like stop. it at all and the, these you. are two ex-quarterbacks yeah and I, I really really don't yeah. like that yeah around any corner within every battle and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. AFC? Yeah, let's do it. Move on to the AFC. Uh, Chiefs beat the Bills 38-24. Let's start with this question because I think it sums it up pretty well. You can take it however you want. At Cam8597, do the Chiefs have any weaknesses? Yes, they do. Let's hit on that right away because yeah. that's a good one to hit on because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big part of the Super Bowl 55 matchup. What do you got? There's not a lot of weaknesses. There's no doubt. The question is very good. Their weakness is their defense, offensive line. Okay, They have a weakness there. You know, they don't have either one of their starting tackles. I mean, they're missing four out of their five starters. They started with the season. Mm -hmm. We talked about a lot towards the end of the season how I was concerned about Patrick Mahomes getting hit, and he was constantly under pressure. But we don't even notice it because he's the slipperiest motherfucker ever in the pocket. He gets away with it. And and when I went back, like, because I watched the game quickly on film Monday before the podcast, but I didn't get to deep dive it. When I went back and deep dived it, that was the first thing that jumped out. I went, damn, there was people around him more than I realized watching TV once again. Hmm. When he dropped back and passed, it wasn't that great. But think about how many times you saw him drop back. Oh, wait, here's somebody. Oh, um, somebody's on me. Travis Kelsey, first yeah. down. Oh, oh, somebody's on me. Uh, oh, there's the throw to Tyree Kill underneath. First down. And there's people around him. Yeah. But we just wipe it out of our memory because we go, up oh, 10-yard gain. No big right. deal. It's Patrick Mahomes. I'll do it again time. next play. Yeah. And – that's the weakness of their football team. My yeah, but yes. on that one sure. is uh, what I wrote down most yeah. when watching it back. Yeah. They more than any team in the league. Let's and yet go Andy to it. Reed and Eric Bieniemy, they're great. Mahomes is great. They, from sideline to sideline, and whether it's second and five or first and ten or third and eight, uh-huh. from, the, from the line to gain to the line of scrimmage, they use that part of the field for the underneath throws more than any team in the league covers up an offensive line that maybe isn't that good. Uh, but, but that's where I was going next. Time after You're time exactly do right. You're exactly Look, it's why I'm 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 like I feel like a proud papa when I talk about this stuff with Andy Reid and yeah. because like we talked about it so much early in the year. You called it out early. Yeah. Well, I just going they had to grow that part of their offense because teams were going to uh, we're going to play safe. We're not going to let Tyreek go right. deep. They got to have that part. So, you're right. They found a million different ways to do stuff like that now, and I also think they were forced to not only by the way the coverages and people were playing them, mm-hmm. but here's, here's the other thing. Because of the O-line, yeah. I think it had to grow too. You watched the game the other night. How, they, they lead the league in short throws, yes. sprint outs. I mean, they sprint out almost every other pass play now. Yeah. What are they doing that for? They're doing that so a pass rush can't just beat their, pa- their right. offensive line. They're trying to save them. Hey, let's not make these guys block for five seconds. Let's just get him out on the pocket, two or three seconds outside the pocket, and we know he'll make a throw or do all of that. Yeah. Go back to that route tree thing there, Pete, if you can, for one second. There we go. With Kelsey and, and Tyree Kill. But this, this says it all. This team is famous for being bobby bombs away. We throw the ball deep all the time. And then you look at something like this and you go, I know, right? Nobody really ran deep other than the first 
third down of the game where Tyreek Hill ran that deep post corner. Oh, no, that's the slant route. Yeah. That's not even the post corner that he dropped in the first, uh, the first drive of the game. So that's why they are the Chiefs. And there's so much credit, and there ought to be, the, the uh, creativity of Andy Reid with, with the formations, motions, and all that. How often does, does Tyreek Hill run, run a four-yard stop route? Or, or Kelsey just run like a little eight-yard hookup over the middle? Junior high kind of plays. Right. So while, while they do deserve the praise, they're also, they have more simplicity with some of their routes that, than any team. But that's what talent will do, though. Because, you know, when you, they're that worried about him, you got to worry about a lot of things. Off, so right? you start, sometimes you just got to go, fuck, let's just play simple and we know where we are and we'll rally and tackle. You know, so that's an aspect of having talent on your football team. Yeah. And, you know, I, I give them credit, though, but yeah, they, they a little bit sometimes just play. Oh wait, you're giving us this? Then we'll take it. Exactly. No problem. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, you're playing this? All right. Well, our guy's better than your guy, and Mahomes is better than your right? anything. Yeah. So we're just we're gonna throw it, and he'll what beat should, him. What should Buffalo have done? I guess to adjust or to take advantage of the offensive line being not that great. They had no chance. Yeah. They have no chance. They have not, not enough a chance because they just don't have a good enough cover guys, like, to match up. So they were in a predicament there of we can't leave guys on an island very often in this football game. Is there so a team, therefore you can't blitz. Right. Is there right? a team that has the cover guys for Kelsey and Hill, though? Um, yeah, there's certain teams that, that do. There, there is. Does Tampa? Tampa? No. I don't think they are totally have those cover guys. I think that they're, they, these guys have the potential. They're young still. I don't think they're there yet, mm-hmm. but that's where their pass rush and that front four is going to yeah. have to come in handy against this, and, what we're right. talking about, lacking pass protection offensive line. You know, hey, teams like the Rams – you know, we, I think they could probably slow down Hill and Kelsey a little bit. Yeah. You know, we did see the Raiders do it a little this year. We've seen New England slow it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but at the same time, yeah, those are special schemes. Caught the Chiefs maybe off guard. I mean, right. we know the Patriots have special talent. So not everybody has the, you know, like to you, you're saying, the ability to match up. But I still want to hit on this point. Yeah. Because this is the big thing to the game last week. It's going to be the get, big thing in the Super Bowl. And I, because you brought it up, I think it's perfect. It's where I wanted to go. Yeah. It's it, those short passes. What does that do? Doesn't let a pass rush tee off, right? He gets the ball. Bam. You're playing 10 yards off. Tyree kill five yard little hitch route. Now make a move and try to run. Okay. So that slows down the pass rush. Then the RPO game. Yeah. I mean, that slows down a pass rush. The RPO game's great. They have the best RPO game in the NFL. Because, you know, Johnny Gumby rubber man thrower quarterback. Bobby bombs away, I mean, he Johnny can just, Gumby. He, he just, he can, oh, we're going to fake this run and let me throw this from my knee oh, yeah. through that defender's legs and it'll hit Tyreek Hill. So they're amazing, but no, they really do have a lot of different route combinations. So, but that helps your pass rush. Mm-hmm. The 70-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. I mean, if you want to show that, on that, do we have that available again? But... That's the bind they put you in. So you can't tee off on the pass rush there. There he is again. Okay, I'll do that. Right. All right? There's a, the, first, the first play of the second half, another RPO, throws a five-yard out route to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Miss, runs up the sideline. It was, it was like at halftime they're like, we're going to get him six to seven touches this quarter no matter what. And why the heck wouldn't you? Right. I, I was watching that. I, I also called three basketball games yeah. over the weekend. Yeah. And one of the coaches that we talked to, he, he's the dean of the Atlantic 10 coach. He's been around a long time. Right. And we were talking about how he measures success in a game. He goes, I look at, he, he was talking about if he thinks another coach is smart. He goes, I look at the stats after the game. Did, did his best player 
play the most minutes. He's like, it's that simple for me. So for Andy Reid, did Tyreek Hill touch the ball enough? Did, did, did the fastest, most explosive receiver in the NFL get enough touches? It's yeah. almost like at halftime he realized maybe he wasn't, and we're just going to get it to him everywhere we can. I, 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 I agree with everything you're saying there. That's where, to me, they, that's where they're awesome and it's where they grew over the last two years as an offense, too, to just go, wait, wait, they're playing us this way? Like, we're not just – let's just make this easy. Let's just get – like, they, we can't let them get away with this. Yeah. They're not doubling this guy, and they're playing 10 yards off. We can't let them get away with it. That just we're, – we're doing ourselves an injustice, and we're doing the other team an injustice, too, because we've got to show them there's a flaw with their scheme. That's like what Gruden would have said to me. Yeah. We've got to show them so they can learn and grow <laughs> as a team, too. And I used to love when he would do that because, like, yeah, we do got to show them. But – uh, I, I, yes, and when you have a weapon like that, and that's everything we talk about, right, about putting pressure on a defense, it doesn't always mean you throw 80-yard bombs. Right. It's about I've taken what you're giving me, and I'm putting pressure on you now. But here's the RPO play here if you're watching, you know, on YouTube or anything. They motion the back back, right, and he's going to fake the run to Darrell Williams. Now, just go back one more second here. The, the, the key to the play and who Mahomes is looking at is 49, Terrell Edmonds, the middle linebacker. Okay. That's all he's worried about. I mean, he's going, he's the guy he's watching. Wait, he's the guy that could be the extra guy in the run game that stops the running play, or he can be the extra guy in the pass game that takes away Tyreek Hill. So he really can't be right here either way. And they run the ball just good enough to where you're a middle linebacker. You can't just go, oh, I, I'm disregarding it. I don't care. So now go ahead and start it, Pete. He's going to fake this run, and you see – just rewind it again one more time. Let's, let's keep watching Edmonds. Edmonds is filling his hole in the run game. Uh, Mahomes sees that. Then he's just going to go, fine, I'll take it. Bam. Mm-hmm. Another way to slow down a pass rush. Right. Now, the sprint outs we talked about. They're leading football in that. Another way to slow down the pass rush. They're going to have to have more of these going into a game than any team in the history of the planet for the Super Bowl. Because this front four we know is legit. Mm-hmm. And... You know, even all the other plays, Paul, the speed sweeps, fake the speed sweep, this guy's faking this way, that all slows down a pass rush too. Right. I'm telling you, the game plan right now for Andy Reid is help the The offensive line. That's all it is. And then he just goes, okay, I'll figure out a few cool routes and – we're just good enough. I don't need to, like, invent, reinvent the wheel throwing it. If I could just let this guy not get killed, as in my quarterback, he'll make the throws and the plays, and that's it. And yeah. that's really what they've become on the offensive side of the ball. Next week, I want to get into more about what Tampa can do, yeah. knowing this, right. and how right. they can stop it, how they yeah. can slow it, that's how they be can prevent it. Yeah. If you have more stuff in the Kansas City offense, we I can think get back that was to it. it. Uh, I, I do want to get to some of the social questions, though. Cool. At Gigi McDonald, Josh Allen and company did not seem like themselves. No. How much of it was a bad day on offense versus the Chiefs' defense hitting another level? Yeah, the Chiefs' defense, it, it is, it's a special unit. First off, they got just some alpha ballers, whatever you want to call them, guys that rise to the challenge. It can make a difference in the game despite coaching or anything. Just physical, I'm better than you, and I can do that. But then they have a coach who gives them the schematical advantage of wait, what, what defense is this? What blitz is this? Hold on, set HUD, I got the ball. Wait, what coverage are they in now? And it, so that'll make you hesitate. How you many know, of these guys are second. coming? Right. How yeah. many are coming? Oh, wait, they all dropped out? Right. Now, wait, I got to rethink. That's where they're very special, let alone they got good football players too. Mm-hmm. And 
I'll say, I was a hair underwhelmed by the Bills' attack. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, what did you want them to do more besides complete more balls down the field? Yeah, I, well, I just thought, you know, the biggest thing is I thought there was a few too, just too many stagnant formations. For what I've seen all year from them, mm-hmm. I think they, my take would be on it, they got into a game with Josh Allen there and just said, we're not sure what they're going to do on defense. Let's get in a formation, line up. And there's too many plays where he's telling everybody what to do. Mm. Oh, they're going to do this. Let me figure it out. Oh, wait, they've switched out of that play. Or, and there was not enough of just what I would want to say movement before the snap okay. to, again, for a defense that loves the disguise and do all the things you just talked about, all yeah. out blitz, fake out all blitz, all that. Movement and pre-snap motion stresses that. Yes. So you're making them feel comfortable by being stagnant. That was one thing I think that jumps out to me, you know, Spagnola's diversity in defensive coverages and everything there. Their front four could get there by themselves when they didn't blitz, but they always have a good realm of when to blitz and do things like that. But the big thing is just like when you play a defense like that, to me you need more just all-purpose plays. where It doesn't matter what they run. I just want you to look at here, one, two, three. I'm going to do a motion and something like this just to give us a little bit of a schematical advantage that way. And... You just throw it and get it out of your hands, and at least we can dictate the pace of the game a little bit. That, that to me, was one of the issues with them altogether, let alone they were just outplayed. We, we talked a moment ago about the Kansas City offense taking advantage of those soft corners and just, hey, if, if you're not going to guard them five yards down the field, we'll just give it to them. Yeah. I thought uh, a great way to juxtapose these two quarterbacks and how they play, because I think you think, and you led me to this you know, beginning of the season, you think Josh Allen is the quarterback getting close to Mahomes, right. one of the guys that, that can be in that conversation. Right. 14-9 in the second quarter. It's still a one-score game. It's yeah. still close. There was a third and three. Soft corner on Diggs. Josh Allen, just, he just flat missed him. Oh, the one on the right. Just, yes. Yes. Just plain missed him. Yes. Next series for Kansas City. Right. Third and six. Mahomes with somebody draped all over him, falling down. Throws it to Kelsey over the middle, right? Convert. First right. down. They score. Yeah. Boom. Not game over. Yeah. But big but moment. Now, now the cushion's a lot more. And it's hard to boil it down to one play. Yeah. But who knows? They pick up that first down and the right. easy throw. Maybe they go down and score. And the, the window of, of opportunity is so small against this Definitely. team. Definitely. You're and right. And Allen kind of missed one right missed there. Missed one right there. To extend the drive, you're right. You don't know what happens after that right? either Did way. you see a lot of plays like that where it was on him where you're like, ooh. No, it's Josh one of the few. Nine out of ten. It's one of the few. I mean, yeah, he usually – I mean, I would say that's like 99 out of 100. It I mean, has really, recently I know. for sure. It, it just uh, – I don't know – he ex- yeah. really what happens in those situations is yeah he you you got to make that throw you, we expect him to he does too you know like he said in my interview with him like two weeks ago he probably motherfucked himself and told himself he's an he, idiot he, after that he's allowed to miss a throw that's every i know it, it but, happens. but that's yeah. the way he is and he'll hold himself accountable but i think it's see it's it's a little bit like what has happened to that point of the game, too, that leads to those missed throws? Man, it's tight coverage. Man, I've had people all over me. It's a feeling of never feeling comfortable. Mm. And that's where Kansas City is great. That is really where they are. And not to say, you know, I don't know if that's what they did there either way, but they kept that offense off kilter the yeah. whole game. Yeah. And he never felt comfortable. And, you know, it's, it's one good player's. Yes, their front four can get there by itself, but you, you know he doesn't ever just expect them to get there all game long by themselves. He's going to do some blitzes or you know two go in and two drop out. When that's the beauty of their defense and really where they hit another level to me lately and then especially in this game 
is when they played man-to-man, they locked Buffalo mm, down. Right. I mean, I, th- that to me was the surprise. You know, Kansas City with Fenton and Legereus Sneed and Breland and Charvarius Ward, Matthew uh, Thornhill, Sorensen, whoa. Like, it's just a secondary that, I guess it got healthier, but it got better as the whole year went along. And that, to me, is going to change them, too. Yeah. I mean, it's changed them. It's allowed them to take a few more chances and blitz and do things like that because I think Spagnolo uh, can, can trust his guys on an island a little bit more. Emma Perez, 09, has a question that it's kind of off of that point. How do the Chiefs disguise the blitz against Allen throughout the game? Yeah, right. It's great. I mean, to me, the, the disguises is really what I want to hit on and what they're great at because that's, that's to me where they confuse quarterbacks, make plays. It's where they got Brady to throw interceptions in the first matchup and all of those type of things. You know, they're the ultimate disguise team. They are great at making different coverages look the same at the start of a snap, mm-hmm. and you don't know which one of the three coverages is about to be thrown at you. You know, that's where it's great. Let me just paint a picture a little bit. Like if you're a quarterback and you're Josh Allen and you're in the shotgun, let's just say it's four wides, right? you got two receivers to the right, two receivers to the left. They will do stuff where, okay, there's Honey Badger. He's down on the slot receiver on my right side. Looks like he's going to blitz. Okay. Looks like he's going to blitz. Blue 85. Blue 85 set. And as you're saying set, all of a sudden it looked like he was going to blitz. Now he goes back to the half safety, okay? There's a middle linebacker, two middle, Sorensen and the middle linebacker in the middle. Now Sorensen bumps out to take away where Honey Badger was. And now the single safety who was making it look like, hey, I'll cover the guy you're going to blitz off of Honey Badger. He goes to the other half of the field. And now Honey Badger's in that half of the field. And now they're playing Tampa 2. Okay, next play. Here we go. Same formation, two receivers to the right, two receivers to the left. There's Honey Badger. He's playing cover two. It's cover two already. Okay, here they come. Whatever, it's cover two. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, now he's coming down. He's playing man-to-man on the, the slot receiver. And the guy off of the slot receiver did blitz me. All right, let's do another one. Let's do another. Now they've done that, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen the, we're dropping out, and now we've seen the blitz. Now it's the blitz look again. Here it goes. Honey Badger's back at the cover two safety. Okay. He's, he's cheating down a little bit, right? And you're thinking, oh, here comes that blitz to the right side again. Set hut. He runs to the middle of the field. Now he's the Tampa 2 middle linebacker. The safety on the weak side replaced him at that safety on that side. And the backside uh, nickel guy who was covering the slot corner, he's gone back to the other safety. And now they got two safeties. He's come down and been the Tampa 2 middle linebacker that drops down the middle of the field. So without me getting too technical, I hope I explained that the right no, way. That's good. It's, it's it awesome. just shows you like – Three different looks right. where you go, wait, and it ended up being simple coverages and things like that, but it seemed complex and made the quarterback think the and window, hesitate and the everything. The window dressing. Exactly right. And the way they sell it, coordinate it pre and post snap is, is really impressive. It is. One other thing that adds to Josh yeah. Allen's confusion, uh, at times he was confused, right. I think, they get home with four. Right. So that enhances everything they're doing in the of back course. end is that you know they can bring four and still right. get home. And they're not afraid to bring seven. No. Anywhere in the field. No. And, like, you you think about it, those are basic tenets of why a defense works. How many defense can actually get home with four consistently? 
and really have the balls to bring seven often throughout the game. And they, they, they have both those things. And they have both of them. You're exactly right. It's very special. And they can make them look the same to what we we're just talking exactly. about. Like yeah. here comes the all-out blitz. Oh, it's Tampa too. Right. Here comes Tampa too. It's the all-out blitz. Mm-hmm. That's where they're very good that way. Let alone a few coverages where you just go, I don't know what fucking coverage this is, but right. Spagnola had a game plan here where he's doubling this guy and doubling the slot over here, and they're all covered. So that's where they're dangerous. They really are. Um, and yeah, to that point, you know, it's it's yeah for the most part, it's man-to-man Tampa two, all-out blitz. And a little cover three. Mm-hmm. But they make them all look the same, and you and don't know which unknown. one's going to happen. Bring it a full circle. I mean, we talked about it week one. With any defense, it's the unknown for the offensive it's line and the quarterback. Exactly right. That's, to me, the key of the game. The quarterbacks and receivers and offenses are just too good to this day and age to be sitting there anymore going, oh, this is what defense we play. We're lined up, and we're really good at it. Yeah, every now and then a defense comes around that can do that when they're just absolutely stacked with talent on that side of the ball. But for everybody else, you got to do something to give yourself some advantage that way. Mm. And that's where they are cool. You know, even like what I was talking about, those two deep safety looks. You know, Honey Badger goes to the middle, and now he's, you know, a Tampa 2 linebacker down the middle. So he's gone from here to there, all right? And that safety's gone there, and this guy back up there, and now it's still Tampa 2. They'll do that same thing, and you think, oh, here he comes to the middle, and they're going to go to Tampa 2. And now it's cover one. And he's the robber in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then they also have a free safety deep for looking for post routes and stuff, too. So it just plays well. It marries well. That's the right. great phrase, exactly. how you said it. Yeah. It marries well. And that is what's confusing for the quarterback and offensive coordinators. Pete, have we run uh, this graphic labeled 2236 Josh Allen against the Chiefs? Have we seen that yet? There we go. Uh, my boy Blue comes up short here. Here's what he did 28 out of 48, 287. He was the leading rusher for the team, which I think is, I mean, that, that's not, it, they've won that way before, yeah. but it's not a form that you can really no. hang on to. So as we kind of put to rest here for a little while, the Bills season, two questions here. Right. Number one for this game, uh, how much blame or what specific blame do you put on Josh Allen? It wasn't his best game, but I don't come away looking at the game and going, oh, he did this egregiously wrong or made a mistake or, yeah. man, he missed a lot of open receivers. You know, no, this was a game where they're missing a stud or two yep. on both sides of the ball to get them into the class with the Kansas City Chiefs. Next question, yes. DX Sniper, what does Buffalo need to do in the offseason, which kind of gets you right to where they you're They need another anyway. legit receiver. They do. They need another mismatch. You know, I, to me, and I, I've kind of tried to say this politely, I do think the weapons of Buffalo have been a little overblown throughout the year. And Diggs is great. I know that. But you, you see. Like, Beasley was too. Beasley's, yes. But he's not like a mismatch nightmare. And he's not going to make you like reorganize your defense oh, he's a great or anything like that. With, he's with a what, great with, fit for their system. Right. I'm saying they need another guy that, oh, you want to play man-to-man? Oh, that's, you're, okay. You're doubling digs? All right, now you got to worry about this guy. You're leaving him one-on-one. So specifically another slot guy for the other side? Or, or, or another an outside guy. guy. Another way. just weapon who can be a game-changer that way. Like, oh, you're doubling uh, – Hill? Yeah. Oh, I have McCole Hardman or Sammy Watkins over here. That's what the good offenses, the really good offenses do. And to me, they you, you, like Kansas City, Yeah. you have a special quarterback. You go all in on him. I agree. And some would say that's a luxury pick because the offense is already good. Right. If we really broke down their offense and defense, you could probably find a bigger need. Would you make it 
off-season priority number one for free agent spending, right? Or maybe even spend a first-round pick on it. Oh, uh, it depends on who that player is and is available. But I think it's certainly an off-season priority. I don't know if it's number one on their list. You know, I do think a pass rusher. And really what you saw, too, is they need another. They don't really have a really good man-to-man cover corner. Mm. They don't. You don't think White? He's good. He's more of a zone corner, in my opinion. He was not even in the same class of an athlete as Tyree Kill in some of those short passes where he had a rally and tackle. Most corners are not. No, most are not. I get that. I get that. He's real good. But I think they need it just in general anyways. Because the, their lack of ability to, to really cover people across the board mm-hmm. forced them too many times in the years to play defenses that I'm sure McDermott and Leslie Frazier didn't want to play, but they just couldn't trust some of their guys. Yeah. So another stud or two up front, because there's really no stud in their front four that we talk about to where, yeah, Jerry Hughes is good, but he's getting up there in age. You know, who else? Ed Oliver Ed has Oliver. been a little bit of disappointment to this point. He didn't, you didn't say his name once during that game the right, other day. Right. You know, so they don't have that guy. They don't have a Chris Jones or a Frank Clark, to, to, to your point. I just think they're, they have the cake. Mm-hmm. They just need a little more icing on top. Mm. And that's just one or two alphas, ballers, whatever you want to say, uh, on both sides of the football. All right. There's the AFC title game. AFC title game. What is it? Oh, you know, and, and, and yeah, I think that was it. I think we said it all. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, just uh, two, you know, like the RPO, the interception Josh Allen throws yep. in the game. And I think we have this, right, Pete? You know, the, the next-gen thing of um, the interception. All right, so don't start it yet. Let's just talk about this. They're going to run the same play we just saw. Mahomes mm-hmm. throw the 70-yard ball to Tyree Kill on the slant route? Yes. It's the same type of thing. But Kansas City, in this formation, this is just another example for Spags and like what, how he's so good and he understands, oh, wait, when we're in this formation, they can put me in this bind and this is trouble. So remember that last Kansas City play we talked about? The pressure was on 49, right? Yes. The middle linebacker. Yep. That's all he's reading. Well, on this play, Josh Allen, all he's going to read is 56. The linebacker standing up over number 65 there. He's the, so as you stop this, he's, he's, reading, he's reading this. Go ahead and let it play, Pete. 56 is going with the run, right? So he's going, okay, I want to throw it. Now, the dots don't do this total justice, but rewind it one more time here and, and don't play it quite yet, Pete. Just let it freeze right here. This is perfect. This is where it's different, and this is where he's great. And this is where, it, when you have really good cover guys, you can do this, and this is where, bu- this is where like a Buffalo needs this a little bit. But he does this knowing they're going to put me in a bind. They're going to screw my middle linebacker because he's not going to have a – he can't win. Right. So, you know what he does here? He doubles Cole Beasley. That's safety you see deep, number 22. He's, it, this is du- he's like this, Paul. I can tell you just on film, he's doubling him. And that's why – 27, Fenton over Cole Beasley, he jumps outside because he goes, I got a guy inside helping me. So I'm going to get him anything outside, and Thornhill will get him anything inside. Now, once 11 goes inside, he knows he can kind of fall off and maybe help the guy outside of that. Breland has great coverage on Davis here. Allen throws the ball to Davis on the very far outside, but just because of the creativity of the defense and everybody being coached the right way, now the ball gets tipped up and Fenton's there to help that guy out too. And that's not by accident. That was deliberate. Like, hey, you're doubling this guy. Hey, the guy went over there to the, your, that guy. He's got him. 
Now we want you to kind of help out over here too. It's that matchup zone concept like from a, basketball you talked about. It's a little bit. Season. It's like a bracket zone cover, man zone cover. I don't even know what you would call it, man or zone or whatever. It's a combination man zone. Yeah, right. That's what it is, and that's that's where Spags is special and just an outside the box thinker and very smart that way. That's some for real nuance with that with that defense with that pass defense. No doubt. We talked about in the last. And he's minutes. had success confusing Brady in the Super Bowl. And confusing yes. a lot of great quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, and and uh, right. that's where it'll be good good to, good to see our good quarterbacks in his career. And since you said that, I have to ask this question from Twitter now, from at Jason Rob forty four. Given how Steve Spagnolo was able to stymie the Patriots in Super Bowl, boy, what is XL two? Which forty two? Forty two. Okay, yes. I, yes. I should know these kind of things. And now the uh, Bills, Brian Dable as well, got them twice this season. Right. Is it safe to assume? He has the bead on how to essentially shut down that New England system. Well, I, I do think there is something there. Yeah. It's, yes. He has great familiarity with that system. There's no doubt. And the history and of success. You're right. And we'll, we'll, I'm, you know, when you study a system for the Super Bowl week, because mm-hmm. it's two weeks and you've got nothing to do and it changes your life, that, I always look at stuff like that yeah. to where I go, wait, oh, wait, he's going to have great understanding of the rules and things like that. I wish I would have thought about that more last week, talking about the football game in general. Mm. But, no, it is very fair to say he has a good feel for not only because of the Super Bowl, but the last few years just playing the, the Patriots in the you know, regular season and the playoffs and having to deal with that. So he has a great understanding that way. But – I know he's playing Tom Brady. They don't run the Patriots offense uh, in the Super Bowl. W- Wait to say. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a much different, different offense. Yeah. yeah. And we, we will get into this much more next week on uh, Monday and yep. Wednesday. I'm going to deep dive it and go back and watch the first game and, and really break it down. Yeah. All right. Our friends from Sportsbet. Championship MVP odds provided by Pointsbet Sportsbook. If you can't pick Brady or Mahomes, who do you like to be the Super Bowl MVP? Well, there's only two names. There's only two. Kelsey yeah. and Hill. I mean, that, those are the ones that jump out right off the bat, or Kelsey and Hill. I mean, you just they always put up good stats, and you know that they're going to go down swinging with their best punches. That's right. why we love Kansas City. Right. So I, I think I that's – Mahomes is the favorite. Mahomes is the favorite. Of course, quarterbacks are always the favorite. We know that. That's, that's the way it goes. Um, I, I wouldn't count out, though – somebody like Evans or Chris Godwin to where they're not even Evans is barely on the screen I know plus 3,000 and Darrell Williams and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Sammy Watkins barely ever plays I mean he's ahead of he's the same as Mike Evans that to me would be one where I'd go no I I would with the way Kansas City plays they're willing to take chances just like we saw and things like that that they could could have a big day statistically what what would you do with these odds so I'm going to take Brady Mahomes Kelsey and Hill, those four against the field. What would the odds be against the field to be MVP? Not good. Right? I mean, not 50 to 1? I mean, something like that. Would you put 100 down on that? Or would you take those four? I would take the four. Yeah. I would. Oh, but, you know, really, I mean, again, this is a Chris Sims' pet peeve, okay, while we're on it. I, I'm, that's another one. I'm just sick of it. Oh, the the quarterback that won. You're the MVP. But you know, if but if the Buccaneers win, that's just going to happen. Be Brady. But you know, I, I just there, there's just I, I don't like that aspect of it. The defensive player getting overlooked unless he does something so unreal that you know then we give it to him. Oh, we had two interceptions. Larry Brown. Okay, right. Yeah. Or Dexter Jackson. Yes. Right. 
you know? Yeah, Von, Von Miller. Miller. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he scored a touchdown. He had two strip sack fumbles that led to a touchdown. I mean, yeah, they couldn't deny it that day. But, like, I'll still look back and go, you know, there's, there's a number of them. Like Brady in the first Super Bowl. His first Super Bowl whenever. Should have never won the MVP. The defense. Ty Law had a pick six. That was the right? difference in the game. Yeah. You know, Eli Manning, Super Bowl 42. You just mentioned that with Spags. No way Eli Manning should have been the MVP. In my opinion, Strahan and Justin Tuck won that game. Mm. They stopped the greatest offense in the history of the league, yeah. and they scored 14 points. You know, there's just, there's just a lot of those where that's where uh, I kind of get sick of, sick of that sometimes. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but the hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. Should we go from a, a pet peeve to quarterback jeopardy? Oh, talking I, about pet peeves. The <laughs> <laughs> segue there. From, Let's do it. From one, uh, from one to the next. Okay, this, uh, since Tampa Bay is hosting its fifth Super Bowl. That this is Super Bowls in Tampa Bay, or Super I can Bowls name in them Tampa, all right now, and probably name history. the scores of all of them. We're gonna we're, we'll branch out a little bit from Tampa, but they're all related to Tampa okay. hosting for the fifth time. Okay, hold on. Let me just think of five. You said five Tampa Super Bowls. This will be the fifth. Pete, correct? So, yes. So uh, yeah. Well, let me just up. right off the bat. I just know right away. Raiders, Washington. Correct. To start back in that day. Eighty-four. Giants, Bills. Yep. I was there. Yep. It was eighty-three season, eighty-four Super Bowl. Giants, Bills, we had Giants, Ravens, and, which I was there for that as well. Then we had Pittsburgh Cardinals. That's it. Right. And now we have this. Right? There we go. Right, but based off of how easily you rattled those off, yeah. I, I think you're, you're in good position good. to do well. Hey, Pete I says, hope so. Pete I says, so. uh-oh. Okay. You were at this game. How old were you for the, the January 27, 1991 Giants-Bills? I was 10 and a half. Ten Big day. First time I ever went to a game, and I went, wait, we have to go through metal Shoot, security right. and all this, and there's helicopters flying above us? Oh, that's right, because yeah. of the Gulf War. Okay, so yeah. January 91, yep. Giants-Bills, perhaps the best Super Bowl national anthem of all time. Who sang no, it? No doubt. Yeah. 30 years ago today, Pete saying too. This gives me chills thinking yeah, it about awesome, it. was awesome, wasn't it? Gives me chills. Yeah. Yes. Special. Who's, who's Whitney it? Houston. Oh, you is go. that the question? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, yeah. I yeah, know. Saw that her was. live, the late Whitney Houston. Did you yeah. really? 
She was at Carver Hawkeye Arena. I think I was like a junior in high school. Wow. Yeah. I mean, all timer. Big there. time. Oh, yeah. That voice, that was amazing. That was awesome. I know, Chill. right? Still yeah. to this day. I've made my kids go back and watch it. I mean, it's, it's. It was good on TV, and there's so many times where something that felt awesome when you were there right. doesn't translate to TV. I mean, it was emotional on TV. I can't imagine oh. being a kid there watching that. That was an emotional day altogether. I mean, my dad was had really the best year of his career, and yeah. he wasn't playing in the Super Bowl. Right. So it was like a day where I was like, man, let's go Giants. Oh, I feel so bad for my dad. Whoa, this game's weird. The Gulf War's going on. I mean, that mm-hmm. was a very emotional national anthem, no doubt. Your dad hurt his foot like in December, Broke his right? foot against the Bills, and I believe it was week 13. Yeah. They were 11-2. and two. Right. Uh, Bruce Smith. Um, yeah, it, it didn't happen. On, it happened earlier in the game, but I think Bruce Smith fell on dad's foot as it was kind of like That'll do it. up in the, you know, his toes were in the ground, his heel yeah. was up. And he fell on the back of it, and I think that was uh, all she wrote. Do you yeah. remember your dad at home that week after that injury? I remember um, in the car ride home after the game. Yeah. I waited for him, and I just know he was, yeah, he was, fifth, de- he was devastated. Yeah, bad. Devastated. Week 15. Yeah. yeah that he, was devastating. Pretty, I mean, he was definitely a veteran probably in his 30s by yeah. then. Yeah, 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 he was. He was. All right, 200. This weekend will provide, or the weekend <laughs> will provide the halftime entertainment this year. Who put on a great show at halftime of the Super Bowl? Steelers, Cardinals, February 09. Oh, this is fucking not even a football question. You and your dad. I told you it was random. <laughs> I, I told you it was very random. Wow. I like the weekend. I am excited for that. Yeah. Um, Steelers, Cardinals. Were you there? Nope. I was not there for that one. I'm pre- it, was it was on, on NBC. NBC. It was a great game. I was living yeah. in Tampa at the time. I still lived there. This was only you know, a year and a half after I lost my spleen. And oddly enough, that week I got H1N1, just so oh, you know. Wow. I was throwing up. All week that week. Wow. It's a great week. I don't know. Yikes. I don't know. We can attribute H1N1 to you not knowing. Maybe you were throwing up at halftime. Go ahead. Let's we see the video. video. I think we have some video. There is oh, the man, the boss. The boss? Yeah. Damn, the old crotch slide on NBC. <laughs> Welcome to oh, Bruce's balls. Hello. <laughs> Hello, America. He's, he's laughing. He's like, damn, he's I didn't like, mean to smash my balls into the camera, man. Sorry. <laughs> have you seen him live? I've never seen him live. Oh. I know, really? I know, I know. How yeah. un-New Jersey of me. I know, yeah, North Jersey, yeah. 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 Damn, you need to I make forgot. that happen. You need to make that happen. Damn it. Somehow, somewhere. Yeah. Okay, so you, you're one for two here. Yep. For 300, who was the winning offensive coordinator of the most recent Super Bowl played in Tampa? Okay, well, that was the one we did. That was that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game was... Springsteen called the plays. <laughs> Bruce Arians. There you go, another Bruce. Wow. Yeah. The other Bruce. <laughs> it's the Bruce podcast here. That's amazing. Three. Isn't that funny? Isn't I know, how right? wor- the world yeah. works that way? Yeah. He won a Super Bowl there. Here he is back again in the same stadium in the Super yeah. Bowl finally, and it's the same place. That's crazy. I appreciate how honest he is sometimes, too, yeah. all the time. Yeah. He was talking about coaches getting opportunities. He's like, hey, I called the plays in the winning Super Bowl, and I couldn't get a head coaching job for a while. Right. And obviously he was referencing that game. Exactly. I don't think he had another – Super Bowl where he called the plays. No, I don't. Uh, well, I believe he called the plays uh, at the Super Bowl when they lost the to Green Bay. Okay. I think that the, the Aaron Rodgers one where they lost that one in Dallas, I'm Correct. pretty sure he, he called them in that game. And I don't think he was there yet when they beat Seattle. No, he was not. I don't think so either. So okay. you're right. Um, but, but, you know, to that point, because he's saying that, and I called plays and I still didn't get it, like, because he's talking about Eric Bianami. Right. And I think, you know, that's the one thing I've heard from people. You know, there's some similarities there with – yeah, they don't sugarcoat. They're not yeah. politicians. They're football coaches. Right. And uh, that doesn't always mean 
the most impressive, charismatic interviews mm-hmm. of like an owner who's expecting his ass to be kissed because, oh, you want this job and I'm the yeah. owner. And all of a sudden he's telling him, no, this is wrong with your team. That's wrong with your team. Yeah. Oh, that guy stinks. Why'd you drag? You know, and that, all of a sudden, I don't like him as I don't want to hire him. I think there's a little of that going on. I think the, the uh, guy calling plays from right now, Byron Leftwich. Ooh, is baby. Have a, Way to go. Yes, next year. Going to have a shot, too. Next year he, would, he should be on the list. Okay, this one, it's a little, it's not quite as black and white. There's some gray area here for 400. Okay, this is the first time a team will play the Super Bowl in its home stadium. Yes, we've heard that a million times. Yes. But it won't be the first time a team plays a Super Bowl in its home city. Mm. Name the uh, losing Super Bowl team that did that. There's also a winning Super Bowl team that could be counted as home city if you really want to if you really want to like, draw a wide circle around the city of, say, like an hour. Well, like, right. So you have San Francisco who won in Stan- Stanford. Correct. To that, beat the that, Dolphins. That's the one we kind of got Bowl added 19. on late. This isn't the one that I had in mind. Okay. All right. So hold on. Let me just think about this a little. because this, So this is a team that won a Super Bowl. They did not win the Super Bowl. Oh, they did not win the Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. But they played in their home city. Pete pushed back and said this is not their home city. I said it actually it actually counts as a home city. Pete, Pete, Pete's in my ear. <laughs> All right, I'm just We're, pulling out the teams. I'm not looking at anything mm-hmm. here. This one's a good one. You got me yeah. thinking here. So they're in their home city, but they they're not in, in their home stadium. Correct. Right. So, like, just off of that, you have to narrow it down to what? It's like, if, if, if a team is playing in its home city, but they're not in their home stadium, that means what? That means there could be an old stadium in town. It means it's not Green Bay. Right, means which, it's means, not Jacksonville. which means it's the Rams against the Steelers in Super go. Bowl 14, 31 yes. 19, Terry Bradshaw MVP. Was that just read to you in your ear? No. You just, you just straight. You know what they call <laughs> One me. One way to make him mad. Historian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so like Pasadena is LA. Pasadena is LA. It's LA. Right. I, I wish they would go back there now. I know they got right? the Rams' new stadium and Chargers' new stadium, but man. Yeah. Pass super the Rose Bowl. Outstanding. Of course, it's where my dad won his yeah. Super Bowl. It's a special, special place. Getting in and out. I mean, that's your Pain that's your entire day. <laughs> yes, it is. Getting there and getting home, like right. plan on nothing else. But right. it is. It, it's a special place. Right. That was a good question. Thank you. I nailed it though. You, you did. Yeah. You took like thirty seconds <laughs> verbatim. You set me up there, Pete. Right? He complimented me. And then said, "Screw you! I got it anyway." <laughs> I was thinking, like, I was going, like, wait, did, like, you know, because you're st- you start to think, like, wait, I started to go, like, Houston, the old. I just started thinking, like, wait, where are cities that yeah, have multiple right? stadiums? Big enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. And luckily, I got to L.A. because the Rams were playing at the Coliseum. Right, right. Vince Ferragamo. Vince Ferragamo. Way back when. Yep. So he's three out of four, Pete. He, has he hit five? I have this before. Recently, yeah. Yeah, the one you said, I don't know if I was going to get one right. I went That's five for right. five. That's right. That was very recent. Yes. It was like week 15, yeah, yeah, you're late get, in the season. You're getting old. Okay, 500. And I am getting old. You're right. <laughs> the first Super Bowl played in Tampa matched the Raiders against Washington. That's the L.A. Raiders. Right. Just before halftime, Joe Theismann threw an infamous pick six oh. that put L.A. firmly in control of the game. What little-known player victimized Joe and ended up on the cover of Sports Illustrated a couple days. I'm gonna like say this the wrong way. That was 38 to nine Raiders victory. Marcus Allen MVP. Yeah, awesome. Um, Jack Squirek. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that I pronounce yeah. it the right way? Nailed it. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's a little background to that story. Yeah. We have a Super Bowl repeat game here, right? Yeah. This year coming up. In Tampa, because the Chiefs and Bucks play each other. That yeah. Super Bowl, the Raiders in Washington played in the regular season early in the year. Yeah. 
they ran that play at right. the end of the first half. Right. And I can't remember his name, 25, the running back on Washington. Back Joe in Washington. Joe Washington, thank you yeah. very much. He caught the screen and ran like 80 yards, and I think, and got them either the touchdown or a field goal right before the end of the first half yeah. where they, I think they won that regular season matchup. Yeah. And the Raiders were ready for it that time. Yeah. And that, that's, um, and, you know, I love stuff like that. And one more layer of detail. I wish I remember the linebacker coach's name because he deserves the credit. But I, there might have been a timeout, but he remembered I think that play. You're right. I think there was. They, I've seen it. They like, took out Matt Mill and love Matt. Right. Awesome dude. But they took him out right. because Squire was a little more a little, athletic. Exactly. Yeah. Millen was a real thumper, giant yeah. neck roll and shoulder pads. And they went, well, let's get a guy that can cover a little bit better. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Sumner Charlie was the Sumner. Linebacker, linebacker coach. Yeah. yeah, but I've heard that story too, and I, I think you're exactly right. Yeah, but yeah, good, good history so lesson. I, I was going down the rabbit hole this stuff last night after, after the kids went to bed. So Jack Squirek, I'm like, well, where did he go to school? Where did he go to school? He went to Illinois. Mm. The Mike White days, they were throwing the ball over the place. Got me thinking about Tony Eason and that Super Bowl he had to start against the Bears in yeah, 85. Sure. You know how many passes he completed as a starting quarterback against them? I'm going to say it's like five or eight. Zero. Does it really? He went over. Holy crap! He was, was like an over annihilation. six or seven, and then Grogan came in. Forty-six to ten. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Forty-six to ten. That's it. Richard Dent MVP. Yeah, defensive player MVP yep. as he should have been. Yep. I remember that. I was in the Hawaii that week at the Pro Bowl for my father, and that was the week the Challenger crashed and everything like that. That was a weird week too. I wish you would have gotten to do some cool things as a kid. <laughs> I know. Trust me. <laughs> That's why, I don't, that's why I don't care about paying more taxes or giving because I was literally born with a shamrock silver spoon up my ass, okay? How many and, rockets, though? Uh, zero. Zero rockets. What was more fun, Super Bowl or Pro Bowl um, as a kid? When I went to that Pro Bowl, I was five. Yeah. I didn't understand. I can remember being there. Why is everybody – this is the Pro Bowl. Why is everybody making such a big deal at the Super Bowl? Because yeah. we were there already when the Bears were playing the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And everybody was, and I was like, wait, the real game's next week, the Pro Bowl. And yeah. that, that was my first time my parents explained to me, no, Christopher, Pro Bowl's nice, but we'd like to be there next year. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. Yeah. It was a bigger deal back then. It, it, the the Pro, Pro Bowl was a bigger deal. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Do you have any was, good Pro Bowl stories hanging out at the pool or playing uh, catcher? Oh, I got yeah, I mean, Art Monk, I can still remember watching him walk by, meeting breakfast one morning with my mom and dad. And, of course, my dad played for the Giants. They yeah. played the Redskins, the Washington team. Sorry, I don't mean to say that disrespectfully. Right. Uh, uh, twice a year. I knew who he was. I remember eating breakfast. I'm like eating pancakes. And I see him walk by. And I was like, Dad, there's our monk. And I ran out of the restaurant. I was like, I gotta get his autograph right now. <laughs> so I have a lot of that. Uh, my most embarrassing anything like that story was actually when I got older in Hawaii quarterback challenge. I'm 12 or 13. What year? What year? 92, 93, right okay. in there. I mean, and I'm aware, you know, I'm, so I'm LA playing football. Marino there. Right. Randall Cunningham, Aikman's yeah. taking over the world. Steve Young. Randall Cunningham's the coolest thing on earth to me at that point. Yeah. You know, I've, I've watched him do, you know, dipsy do, fall on your arm, get up, run around Lawrence Taylor, jump over Carl Banks, throw a touch. So I'm watching him, even though I hated him on the Sundays he played the New York Giants. Every other time I was like, man, this guy is amazing. Oh, my gosh, this is fun to watch. I followed him the whole week. He was so sick of me. I could, he couldn't get rid of was me. Was he cool to you? He couldn't have been better. Yeah. And then after sent me all, you know, I got home and sent me all this Randall Cunningham, you know, I'll that be is, back running awesome. gear and all that. Yeah. 
But uh, I, I still, we still laugh about it to this day when I see him. Maybe he was sad that the week came to an end. Sounds like he liked you. <laughs> he, he, I don't think he disliked me. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure he was sick of me at the end of the week going, I, okay. And maybe mom and dad were happy to kind of. Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Randall, the babysitter. Here you go, else. Randall. You're yeah. young. Go watch our kid. <laughs> All right. That's it. All Hope right. everybody enjoyed the stories. I got, yeah. I, I when you unlock the vault, I start thinking about it. We could do that crap. the whole time. We could. Yeah. We could. Uh, everybody be good. We'll be back Monday. Monday, we'll hit it all. And Dad, Phil, Big Phil, he'll be involved. But we're going to get Ask Me Anythings on Monday. Mm. And then Wednesday of next week is where I really want to do the deep dive into the matchup, break down the previous matchup, things that I think that could happen in this game and all of that stuff. But everybody be good out there. Be safe. Have a good weekend. Paulie, you the man. You. Peace out. See you.